0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of the CS School podcast. My name's Grace Gupta, and I'm the copywriter here at Customer Success Collective. The objective of this podcast is a simple one. To speak with CS professionals from all over the world, learning about the hottest topics in customer success by stripping them back to basics and discovering how best to apply these strategies. Now, to kick the series off, I'm delighted to be joined by Brittany Yandura, Senior Customer Success Manager at Field Guide. Field Guide is an automation and collaboration platform for modern assurance and advisory firms that digitizes its end to end engagement workflow on a single platform. For joining me, Brittany.
1: Yeah, of course. Happy to be here.
0: Right. So, to kick things off, could you tell our listeners a little bit about your role at Field Guide and how you really got into custom success?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, Field Guide is a early stage startup. We're in the Series A um, and we serve a lot of um, cybersecurity auditors and risk advisory practitioners. Um, so, the company's about two years old. I've been here about 15 months. Um, And so I was really brought on to kind of start to help build up everything customer facing. So um, onboarding, sort of the the CSM playbooks. Um, I do some pre-sales demos, um, dabble a little in marketing, but that's really not my strong suit. Um, But prior to Field Guide, um, I had about 10 years of experience in a large corporation and I primarily worked on their, their onboarding team there. So yeah, much of my background is, is in the onboarding area. Um, and yeah, really just excited to talk about that today.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you. I think, um, when people talk about customer success, I'm sure the first thing that um, probably comes into their mind is helping customers reach their goals. Um, and I think that'd probably be a fair assessment, right? But, um, Really, in order to get to that point, they need to understand the product from the off. Um, And I think that's why it's so great to have you on today. And that's why uh, to talk about customer onboarding, because it's so important. And it's really the responsibility of the customer success function. Um, So really, before we get started properly, could you tell me what you think customer onboarding is in your experience? And could you perhaps describe the psychology behind it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you asked it that way, because there's actually, you know, a ton of of psychology behind it. That's really interesting. But yeah, I mean, I think in a nutshell, customer onboarding is just, you know, getting your customers onto your platform in a way that makes them excited, makes them want to jump in and use it, um, you know, and really just empowers them to start getting value out of your product and then just continuing to learn about it and, and continue to get more and more value um, but there is a lot of psychology behind it, especially, um, you know, in the beginning, when you're when you're first onboarding a customer, those early stages, um, there can be a lot of trepidation, they can be really nervous, did I make the right choice? Should I have bought this? Should I've gone with something else? Um, you know, in our line, specifically at field guide, you know, we we have a lot of practitioners who um, really get behind field guide and, and make the push for it. But you know, this could be a, a big deal in their career. if the onboarding goes well and the software goes well in, in their firm or not. Um, and so, you know, there's there's a lot that's kind of playing around in their brains, especially when you're first getting started. So I think, you know, making sure that throughout the onboarding, you're reinforcing why they made the decision, why it's better than what they left, um, you know, how it's going to be successful, that you're partnering with them. Um, you know, there, there's a, a lot that they could be worried about or thinking about or doubting. And so, um, you know, part of onboarding is making sure that the way you design and actually go through your onboarding is addressing those and really putting those fears to rest.
0: I really like that. I like the idea that the customer knows has already bought the product. So they know they bought it for a reason. So he's kind of trying to reaffirm you did this for a reason type thing. Um, I, really, yeah, I really like that. So for you, what does customer what does successful customer onboarding look like? Um And like what aspects of this process do you think our listeners would really, you know, should be nailing?
1: Yeah, I think like successful onboarding, um, a lot of people maybe can define it, maybe not, but I'm going to define what it means to me. But it's not always that simple to actually nail down. So, um, you know, I think the, the important things to have in a successful onboarding, you should have a clear, understandable, repeatable structure. That doesn't mean everything is cookie cutter. I still think you need to flex within that for each customer. Um, and you need to really understand where and how to flex for each customer while, while still keeping it standardized. And I think that gray area can be really uncomfortable for people. Um, I think you need to have really, um, clear, specific scheduled handoffs internally with the customer, you know, keep the process flowing logically. Introduce, um, you know, the CSMs at the right time, the the onboarding consultants, et cetera. Um, I also think like one a couple of things that are really important to me. I think you have to support your customer through go live. So to me, if you're doing an onboarding where you're just dumping a bunch of information onto the customer and then leaving them to figure out how to actually use it, that's not a successful onboarding. So I really like to support them through getting live on the product. Um, that can be a point where people kind of hit the brakes and dig their heels in when it's actually time to use it. Um, And so incorporating that into onboarding and helping them get over that hump together, I think is really important. Um, And then just really like being consultative. So, you know, set goals with them and make sure that they need it. Adjust things in the onboarding to make sure that you're targeting towards those goals. Um, You know, that all helps you get to, you know, a really reasonable time to value if you're really focused on what actually matters, you know, to this client and how do we get them to their goals and get them live on the program in the best way possible?
0: That's fantastic. Thank you. So yeah. what aspects would you say, I mean, between you and me and our listeners, what aspects of your processes <laughs> would you say tends to irritate you a bit, you know, things that maybe go wrong, what would your bugbears, so to speak, what would they be about the process? Things that don't go right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I would say, um, you know, when I attend an onboarding as a customer, um, you know, the the things that really kind of get to me um, about others onboarding process or or even our own, if if we don't do it correctly, is um, just unloading way too much information on the client. Like, that's always a number one, like, no, no. Um, you know, I'm always very clear with my clients. My goal at the end of this onboarding is not to make you an expert. You know, that takes time and we'll get there and we'll all get there together. But my goal at the end of this is for you to be confident that you've hit your first goal and you're ready to use this product and you made the right decision. So if you're just unloading everything you know about the product onto the client, that is that is not okay. Um, also, my other like big soapbox topic that, you know, I'll speak on a lot is just not being consultative enough. Um, with the customer in the onboarding. So if you just go into the onboarding and you're basically on autopilot and you're going to talk about these topics and in this order, and you talk about them the same way every time, there's no nuance there that's going to help this specific customer. Or even if you're doing group onboarding or designing a self-service, like there are still ways to work in um, you know, ways to just be more consultative with that customer and make sure that they're getting out of the onboarding what they need to meet their specific goals and not getting too much other stuff that they might not necessarily even need that's just gonna complicate the process.
0: Yeah, I think what you touched on there is really important, the fact that you can't treat every case exactly the same. And I think most of our listeners will agree that, you know, customer success is anything but monolithic. I think You've got to take things case by case. Um, so that brings me on to my next question, like how, how customer success functions will vary from company to company, of course, you know, depending on the company's own goals, uh, the type of customers they cater to and the company's infrastructure itself. Um, so with that in mind and based on your previous experience in onboarding, would you be able to talk us through sort of the process of customer onboarding at Field Guide and, you know, does it if at all uh differ vastly from your previous experience
1: yeah, absolutely happy to to talk about what we do here at Phil Guide so yeah, I think what's really important and and always kind of evolving is finding that right balance between having a very prescriptive onboarding process. you know these are the phases we go through, this is the structure you know every client is different, but also every client isn't so different that they need a custom onboarding, and so finding that the right areas to flex in and and getting comfortable in that gray area. I think that that can be a difficult skill. Um, So the way we've approached that at Field Guide is we call our onboarding process accelerator. And so our goal is just to, you know, accelerate that that time to value for our customers. So um, we do an internal kickoff call with our sales team to make sure we're all on the same page. And then we do an external kickoff call um, with the customer. Um, And that's really to just kind of give them an orientation into what our accelerator onboarding program is, do a nice handoff from the sales process into the onboarding process. So they have that you know definite transition and they're out of sales mode and into onboarding mode. And we just start talking about next steps. Um, We also, and this is something that does differ from my prior experience, um, we're like very white gloves. So one of the things that I think is important is to, onboard your clients in the most realistic environment possible um, so that they can start thinking about the product as they're going to use it in real life. And sometimes that's really difficult to do on demo data and in, you know, demo environments that are perfectly constructed. So, um, you know, we will actually set up all of their templates and set up their environment in advance of getting too deep into the onboarding so that when we're actually working with them, um, you know, we're going through their live environment. So after we do our um, handoff calls, then we'll do a call where the client actually explains their current workflow to us. So we have that depth of understanding and we're speaking the same language. And then we go into a couple, um, we do three workshops with them where then we're kind of presenting, here's your setup, here's your process in the new system. I'm really just getting them comfortable before we train their entire user base and then start launching clients. Um So I definitely wanted to be more white glove when I designed this. Now, as we scale, we'll likely scale into some um, different types of onboarding. Maybe not all of them will be that white glove. Um, And I was really passionate about making sure they're in their live onboarding environment um, and that we support them, like I said before, through their go live. So we help them launch their, um, you know, first few engagements, at least if not more onto the platform and make sure that they don't um, get cold feet before they go live.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you. Really, really good to have insight how it is, you know, applied in an actual company. Um, so to move slightly away from the theory side of things, um, I'd like to focus on sort of practical, actionable advice. Um, so my next question would be so sort of since product adoption and engagement are critical to successful onboarding, how would you measure this in the field guide? How, does, how do you measure this um, during the onboarding process?
1: Yeah. So there's a few different things that we do. Um, so, you know, even when the accelerator program is, it's technically over, they've launched some live clients. We still continue to meet with them regularly. So we start weekly and then we kind of scale that back to make sure that as they're actually going through these, you know, different pieces live and coming across different scenarios and situations that they still feel supported. And again, don't kind of back off or go back to their prior systems. Um, so we just try to keep that momentum by continuing to support them. We also like to track their um, product usage in a few different ways. So we're just starting to move into this. Like I said, we're a a much younger company, but, um, you know, we're looking at the features in our program that we know are real game changers for our customers. And then we're figuring out how do we know if a customer is using that well or is missing out on that function. And then when we do our quarterly business reviews, that's one of the key pieces we hit on is we'll just pull up. Um, a few key product usage metrics and highlight them in green, red, or yellow, because we're comparing them against all of our other customers. And that's been really successful. You know, they want to be green compared to, you know, the others in their industry. And so, you know, that really kind of gets them thinking. Um, We also track their contract usage pacing. So how, um, when we contract with them, you know, they buy a certain number of units. And so we just take a look at, you know, when they get to the end of the year, based on how they're pacing, we hope that they're using more units and are going to be an expansion. Um, and so we just track that from day one and keep track of their usage and, um, you know, try to get them pacing ahead if we can, not making up things. But, you know, a lot of times they'll start with a smaller portion of their business and we know there's more. So just getting them that comfort to get on the system with all of their business. Um, so tracking that usage pacing is, is really helpful for us too
0: that's fantastic so for other csms or senior csms out there um what advice would you give them like if they're looking to uh looking to onboard their customers faster and you know ultimately drive product adoption what sort of you know top tip would you give
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say my number one answer to that always is, is it realistic for them to onboard faster? So, you know, everyone wants to move faster, but I always step back and say like, is that in the best interest of the customer or are you just trying to have a showy metric? Um, You know, because we do have certain customers where we know that they're going to be above average in their time to value, but that's what's going to work and make sense for them based on the situation. So I would say, you know, before I get into like advice for that, just, evaluate that and make sure you're not rushing just for the sake of the metric. But if you do feel like you could be, um, you know, getting to that time to value more quickly, one of the things is just like do less. Again, if you're giving them too much information up front, you're trying to do too much, you're trying to be too fancy with it or make them an expert in a week, um, that's probably actually going to slow things down because they're going to question their decisions. They're going to dig their heels in a little more. They're going to feel like they got in over their head. You want to make everything feel very easy and approachable and smooth, and a lot of times the best way to do that is to do a little less. Um, you could also evaluate just how many people are involved up front. If you have fifteen people from the client side and all kinds of opinions flying around and things like that, maybe you didn't help them design their onboarding team in the right way so that it can be efficient and keep moving. Um, and we found that being more white glove up front, setting up their environment, setting up their templates. Um, you know, we found that that pays off because now we're not waiting for the client who's less familiar with the system and super busy to make time to build out their environment. All of that's done. All they have to do is use it. And so by lowering that barrier to entry, that makes it much easier for them to start adapting and using more quickly.
0: Oh, okay. That's really interesting because, you know, on the one hand, you don't want to overload the customer with, you know, loads of information. So I understand the sort of hands-off approach, um, but if you wanted to create, say, um, a con- a, an engagement plan, for example, with a customer, how, how would you say go about that, you know, in your day to day
1: work? Yeah, we create like um, customer success plans with every one of our customers sort of at the beginning of onboarding. And we just kind of make a, a plan for the onboarding. And what we really just focus on are like, what are the first things you're going to need to do on the platform? um you know, what do you have coming up soon? And, and those are the feature sets we put more emphasis and focus on. And then if we know you have more um, types of um, work you're going to do on our platform later on, we can get to that in, in future calls and layer that information on when it's more timely and relevant and is going to make sense. Um, and so that's kind of how we, um you know, kind of tailor engagement plans to their needs. So we definitely have a standard process we go through And if you looked at like our process, we have a standard set of bullet points we cover. But I always say there's nuance in those bullet points. There's gray areas between those bullet points. So, you know, when you're looking at your outline of your onboarding, how much time you spend on each topic, what emphasis you give each topic, the way you frame each topic can be a little bit different to apply properly to what the customer's goals are and what they need most out of your system.
0: I love that. Thank you. And finally what would you say your philosophy would be for in as a, as a, as a senior customer success manager, what would your, what would your philosophy be?
1: Um, I mean, I believe a lot in empowerment. Um, so empowering your team and your customers. Um, I never ask anybody to do something I'm not, kind of willing to do myself. I mean, I think from a leadership perspective, that applies beyond customer success. But for me that, you know, I never ask my customers to do a workaround that I personally wouldn't do. I would never ask my team to do something that I'm not also willing to do. Um, I think especially in CS, understanding how to have tough conversations, set boundaries in ways that aren't stressful. Um, you know, that's a big part of the job. And so, you know, just getting comfortable with doing that, but, you know, just take care of yourself, take care of your customers, take care of your team. I mean, you know, that's, that's always the the bottom line.
0: Oh, it's amazing. Unfortunately, as luck would have it, we're out of time. Brittany, thanks so much for being on the our first guest on the podcast. Um, and I think as the first episode of the series, it was only right to kick things off with the mother of all introductions, customer onboarding. I think so. Once again, thank you, Brittany, for imparting your sage advice onto our listeners. Um, having said that, if people want to reach out and hear more about onboarding, where would the best place be for them to contact you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you can um find me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, please uh connect with me, message me. I'm always happy to to chat. I'm a part of the customer success collective as well. So if you're in that Slack group, feel free to message me. Or if you're not, you should definitely join it. It's a fantastic group. <laughs> Um, But yeah, never, never hesitate to reach out. I've made great connections through that group already. And, um, you know, if you want to nerd out on CS or onboarding, (laughs) I'm definitely open to chatting.
0: All right. Did everyone hear that? Brittany's your gal for that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thanks so much again, Brittany. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure. Take care.
1: Thanks so much, Grace. Happy to be here.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out our other episodes and go to Collective.com for even more customer success related content. You can also join our global community on Slack and you can find the link to that on the CSC website. But until then, see you next time.